Your attention, please. <laughs> the Walt Disney World Railroad, now boarding for a scenic trip around the Magic Kingdom. Board? Brad, there have been few things in recent times that have truly made me excited when I saw them about Disney World. But seeing this Epcot map showing the World Showcase without the harmonious barges in it has truly made me excited. It says World Showcase. It says Epcot Forever, beginning April 3rd. And there are no barges on the map anymore, meaning that Disney is serious about removing them, and hopefully they're so serious that they're going to be gone all at once very, very soon. April April 4th sounds good to me. <laughs> if, you were, if you were just going to pick a date, right? I mean, just that's, sink them. That's a good one. What if you just sink them? Make a put make a, a bunch of fish make, in there and make a yeah, little... Yeah, they could be a reef yeah. system. Yeah. For then they're saving the environment. Is there is there any fish that can live in the World Showcase Lagoon? I mean, almost certainly not. I, I I'm not sure somebody can can like dip their toes in it without needing a hazmat team <laughs> and like a round of a round of all sorts of shots. Are you telling so. me that the World Showcase Lagoon is full of non-potable water? I can't. I'm not drink even 100 sure. I'm telling you that it's full of water. It's mostly. I think, I think what you meant to say was non-potable liquid is what I would guarantee. But, man, I was, when I saw this story, I, oh, it's so great to, to, you know, we got written confirmation that they were going to remove them. But to see it gone from the map is kind of like the first visual thing, the first visual uh, piece we've seen. And, yeah, it feels really good. Well, and and seeing them gone from the map indicates that, like you said, they probably have a near future timeline for this, because otherwise, it's going to be much more confusing to people. I think to have like you can't just pretend that doesn't exist. I do realize that Disney regularly has buildings that are not on their maps. But this is right in the middle of everything. Well, yeah. And speaking of that, I texted you, I guess, last week about the um, the Magic Kingdom map with Tron on it. And they included the show building on the map. That That is like the opposite of this. You know, like I, I would think that if you have, you know, okay, spoiler alert. Um, Splash Mountain has an enormous show building behind it. The Haunted Mansion has an enormous show building behind it. Like, all of these attractions have huge show buildings, but they don't put them on the map. And then they Tron, they they update the Magic Kingdom map for Tron, and the show building is attached to it. And I just, I don't, I, I guess because it's so visible, maybe that's why they did it, but it was just, it was weird to me. And when you said, you know, there are buildings that are not on the map. I was like, yeah, and sometimes I guess there's buildings that are on the map that really don't need to be. Right? I I mean, it's an it's an odd way that they go about selecting what does and doesn't make it on the map. I can't say that I understand it because what they're yeah, they're just they're huge buildings that seemingly don't make it on the map and then ones that 
Maybe it's maybe it's because you would recognize that that show building was part of the other. I don't know that I the guess. Guardians uh, show building is not on the map for Epcot. That's that's true, and it's very visible. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, no, it's not, Jeremy. You can't see it. It's, <laughs> oh, I'm it's sorry. That painting, man. I'm sorry. I'm that sorry, painting sorry. removes it. So yeah, I just when you said that, it reminded me of that. You know, Tron. Like boom, just a big old cube right next to the you know beautiful the awning and everything. So, but yeah, this. It's it's really nice to have the uh, the confirmation on the map that like the World Showcase is returning to its original beauty. Yes, and so all that Disney had to do to make us happy was add something and then take it take it away again, and boom, just like that, we're so super excited. Well, and speaking about, of about speaking of making away something, making us happy, um, they announced, and I didn't even know that this was. An announcement that you know needed to be made, but they announced that they're going to leave the um, Spaceship Earth Beacons of Light lighting package on Spaceship Earth. Apparently, those beautiful lights on Spaceship Earth were meant to be for the 50th, and then they were going to take them away. But they announced that they're going to leave them up there, which I think is the best thing ever. I mean, that is such that is such a beautiful little show that they do with the lights and spaceship earth just absolutely seems like it was built for that and i see no reason for them to ever remove those lights because they all they do is plus spaceship earth i don't as far as like me as a guest that doesn't have to worry about upkeep and dmx controllers and stuff like that I think it is a hundred percent great, and there's nothing wrong with these with these lights. So I'm really happy they're leaving them. So when I saw this news story, my first thought was there was ever a plan to make this a temporary thing. Yeah, because it felt like the sort of thing that somebody went. It felt like the sort of thing where somebody should have went. Oh, we're gonna put light. Why didn't we think of this sooner? Let's do it. And why would you ever want to take that off? Yeah, I just I I don't get why that would have been a temporary thing to add, though. Now it does make me wonder if it was initially temporary. What does that say about like the mounting stuff that was used? Oh, yeah. And the types of lighting that were used, because we have seen where lights here and there have lost their what connectivity. Essentially, there are some issues with the DMX where some of the lights are lighting up the wrong color or something. And now they, they are few and far between, and I don't think it's a it's a major issue. But are they use did they did they develop the project with the plan of this being a long term project? Or will yeah. there have to be a lot of stuff get switched? Now understand, I want this to be a long term project. Well but- honestly, my first thought when I heard that you know, this was going to be something that they removed was they, so every one of those lights has at least one hole that, you know, goes into the, into the skin of Spaceship Earth so that they can connect power and DMX and all that stuff. So they would take all these lights off and then have to seal up all those holes after they drilled the holes, put the lights up and sealed around the lights. Like that just seems like you're asking for trouble. To, you to, know, just a, it, just a lot of bubble gum. Problem <laughs> solved, man. That's that's easy. Just take a take a big old uh, bucket of putty up there. You just slap some on. It's fine. Yeah, 
Yeah, I, I don't see the issue. But <laughs> I am, in knowing that now it's a temporary thing, I'm extremely happy that they made it a permanent thing. But at the same time, I'm like, why was that ever a temporary yeah. thing? That should well, have always been a permanent thing. You guys, even, even if you weren't going to use it all the time, that should be a permanent thing. Yeah. Now. The thing about it is, uh, I can't. I don't have a problem with them taking away any of the other parks, beacons of light. Like the other ones are not as impressive. But man, Spaceship Earth, especially when you go and look at like when they used to project on it, like when they made Spaceship Earth into Mike Wazowski, how bad that looks, you know, in comparison. And I know, I know it's not, you know, it's that's apples to oranges, but. Just having the projections on there and having the, you know, when they used to light up Spaceship Earth by just casting a, uh, 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 it was just, it was like a, a nice little sunset of colors, you know. Um, even even that looks better with these LEDs. And so, yeah, like while I can't hardly remember Animal Kingdom, Magic Kingdom, and DHS's Beacons of Light stuff, I am... I love Epcot's. And so, yeah, get rid of the other ones, I guess. But keep Epcot for sure. Yeah, it was just, it was such a big plus for Spaceship Earth to get this. Yeah. And you can see it from so far away. Like the whole Skyliner ride from uh, Caribbean Beach to Epcot, you're looking at Spaceship Earth doing its light show at night. It's great. <laughs> Oh yeah, when riding that thing after dark is is wonderful to be able to see Spaceship Earth being lit up like that. So I again I, I just keep coming back to why was this ever a temporary solution? Mm -hmm. Why would why and, and it's not a simple task to go up there and put all those lights on anyway, right? No. Well and maybe they'll as they fail, maybe they will go up and replace them with better or a, a, more a longer term solution yeah. yeah and so for the next you know two or three years it'll just be a gradual go up and you know fix them as they break with more long-term stuff so hold on jeremy hold on i gotta go right there all right i'm back jeremy tinfoil hat <laughs> brad here uh i have an idea what if the whole reason that this is now a permanent thing is they had to use the budget for the barges. <laughs> they only had one crew that could remove something. <laughs> and it was the removal guys were only going to remove one thing, and they picked the barges. I mean, so part of me says that that is a wild and outlandish thing to say. The other part of me remembers, Jeremy, Pepperidge Farm remembers <laughs> the hand. Okay, and the, the wand. The Epcot 2000 celebration. Uh-huh. That in, uh, you know, what was it like eight years later was still up there ostensibly because they didn't budget to well, take it down. Big Jim's removal service wasn't available whenever Epcot was available. There's I only mean, one remover in the greater Orlando <laughs> right. area, Brad. I would I would have done it for free. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Let's see. I have no experience with this stuff, but I bet if I just start banging on this part, something's going to I've got a happen. hammer, a drill, and the will <laughs> right. to get this and hand a, off of And a can-do spirit. So, <laughs> Oh, goodness. Yeah, this is great. This is so great. And I'm 
I can't wait to to see, you know, like, what else are they going to do now that it is a long-term thing? They should develop shows with it, other other things, you know? They should do more with it now that they have some runway to, you know, go for longer. Well, and, and we have Disney 100 now for them specifically to develop shows since somehow Epcot is going to be the center of all of that, which... Don't don't get me wrong. I am honestly, Jeremy. The more I've thought about this, because you and I just I don't know. Did we discuss this on the podcast? We didn't. Or did we no, because every okay. time I talk about it, I call it sad cot. Yeah, yeah. See, that's that. I I, <laughs> I was like, I don't think we talked about it because no just bummers. Really didn't feel like we had a positive take on it. But I've been coming around, and the reason I've been coming around is I want Epcot to to return to some form of glory. Yeah. I want this construction to get done. And I'm sure that Disney does as well. Sure. By saying that we're going to do the, the 100 celebration at Epcot. Now there is a fire under people to say it's got to get done because we can't just have a bunch of construction walls up at the end, you know, for a party. Right, exactly. And and we've said that all of these things are going to be part of this party, so they've got to be done so they can be part of this party. Right. So, I'm kind of I'm kind of moving over to the side where great, let's do the let's do the party so that way all the stuff will get done. So, I, I I now have a I have a bit of a positive take on that. I completely agree with you. If they can get Epcot done, I, I love that Epcot can be because they have the you know Festival of the Arts, food and wine. They have all those, but for Epcot to be the host of like a Disney wide celebration, the way that the fiftieth was, you know, in of oh, something that you almost feel like Magic Kingdom would be the right. one that you would normally. Yeah, play. that would be if if you had asked me where they're gonna you know do all the hundred stuff. Well, obviously it's gonna be Magic Kingdom. But for Epcot to play host to this, I think it's great. Epcot is my favorite park. I would, I love that, you know, for some reason, I guess they'd want to show off, you know, all the different neighborhoods and everything that are, are coming in. I think it's great. I love it. I, I absolutely, like you, want Epcot to return to this, you know, beacon of hope and this, you know, wonderful place. Uh, but yeah, they really got to get a move on now because uh, it's coming up. And I'll tell you, three months ago, it was not looking like a place where you would want to have the you know the East Coast Plus descending on for a big hundredth you know anniversary party. So uh, yeah, I was also I'm looking at this map and. The whole middle part of World Celebration is just green. Is that going to be greenery that you can walk on? Or are you still going to have to stay on the path? And and because as we're as I'm looking at this map, I'm thinking the time it takes for me to get from Connections Cafe to the land is if I can't walk on that middle area of grass is not improved by having you know the construction walls down. I assume there are going to be small footpaths that let you cut across, but yeah, if you still have to, you know, travel to the North and go by spaceship earth and then try and go back up past the seas and stuff, that's not going to be any more helpful than it is now. So I, I believe that what you're seeing there, Jeremy is the Disney RDF, 
you know that reality distortion filter <laughs> all the Apple fans know so well? This is the Disney RDF. This is just the beautiful green. All all of the construction magically turns into greenery when seen via a map. I and so I would love is, that if that happened. I mean, that would be great to just have a big open area with a lawn. Yeah, it's not. It, that's, that's never going to happen. But <laughs> but this is just for now. It's kind of it's kind of like yeah. the way that you will see behind. Uh, behind guardians right yeah there's this big section of green now we both know that in real life there's a big building right there because it's a show building mm-hmm. but in here it's just green because we don't need to show that show building we don't want to show you here's where all the construction is happening so it's just a big patch of green for now so when they've got something new to add to the map it will fill something in plus it, yeah. part of part of that green. Yeah. I I hundred uh, percent believe that's that's all that's happening there. I Though I right. will say one other thing, I am happy to see about this map because as we literally just discussed, Disney will just use green to make things go away <laughs> on a map. Uh, that should be a Wonders color. of Life. Yeah, <laughs> somebody should name it something like that. Wonders of Life Pavilion is still showing up on the map. Now yes. we've we've heard that you know. With all the cuts and everything, things are constantly in flux, and I believe the stuff for that is currently on pause, right? Kind of like yeah, I think Mary so. Poppins is quote unquote on pause. <laughs> uh, lots of lots of things go on pause, guys. Uh, but that it is that it is even still being shown on the map is good to me because that means in my mind anyway, that they haven't completely gotten rid of the idea of something happening there. The big yellow dome with no way to get to it? Yep. Unmarked, Yeah, or, or they just said, you know what, that that looks way too... There's no way we can pretend that doesn't actually exist. Right. And so we have to put it... I don't know. I don't know. But I, I'm, I'm glad to see it's still there. I love that uh, Living with the Land is depicted behind the land pavilion. Like you have the greenhouses and and everything, it's all depicted back there, right. even though you can't see it from the park. Yeah, even though you have no clue that's there. So it, uh, yeah, the whole mapping thing, though. <laughs> Lots of picking man, and choosing I, happening. <laughs> right. So I just I just talked about how that looks promising for Wonders of Life, but then you also have. So I don't remember what they currently are calling this, but there's that little that little that really big tent thing between Canada and the UK that they use for events and stuff here and there and that's also still showing up on the map mm. and that's another thing that typically there is a big gate in front of it so you can't get to yeah, it yeah i didn't even i didn't realize that was even there yeah so if you look if you look on the map right between Canada and the UK yeah, there's I see like it, a but i didn't white building when i was there i didn't notice it right you had you had no clue so I don't know, man. Maps are maps are weird, but at the end of the day, we we got rid of the ugly barges from the map, which hopefully means the ugly barges are and by the way, I did pull up the older version of the map and they didn't really have to work too hard. It was literally like delete that layer from the map and problem solved. Yeah, and they're <laughs> not to scale. I mean, no, the, not the barges that were on the map look much less obtrusive <laughs> than they were. Imposing in real life. Yeah. is what I thought when I saw them. So we have now some uh, data on Tron 
because it's been in soft open for the last um what what am i looking at here brad what's what's fun to know yeah we're looking at the thrill data uh you know uh, stuff that they've been able to track about tron which there's a lot here for a ride that's not open right (laughs) because because thrill data is extremely awesome by the way thrill-data.com if you guys want to go look I love just randomly clicking around on this site, looking at different attractions, looking at wait times, comparing them to other. It's it's bonkers how much data that you can look at. And, you know, it may be completely useless to you, but it's still fun to look at in my mind. But for Tron, we've got data on uh, the the boarding group distribution, you know, availability stuff, which, by the way, they do call it boarding group, even though I think doesn't. Do they call it boarding group with uh, Tron Light Cycle Run? Um, or is it just... Cause, I think what, it's just what, virtual queue. Right, but how do you how do they refer to your number? Is that your boarding group within the uh, queue? Oh, maybe. Boarding I group I, made, I thought that was kind of interesting to see, but... Boarding group made sense for Rise, but it really doesn't make sense for Cosmic Rewind or this. <laughs> Yeah, but if you got if you've if you've already coded it in, somebody hard coded the words boarding group and boom, boarding group it is. Uh, and then there's also a lot of data available for the lightning lane, for what is how many they've been calling, all all that sort of stuff. And essentially, the main things I was looking at were that it is extremely difficult to get a boarding group for light cycle run right now, which is scary to me jeremy though (laughs) though i think we should we we need to preface this with in soft opening the attraction is not currently open from open to close of the park right it is open for a set period of time between open and close of the park now i think maybe it opens with the park uh i could be wrong on that because i haven't looked at specific open times but i know that it is closing earlier than then the park closes. So take that for what it is. There will be more boarding groups available uh, once it officially opens. But as of right now, like there are days on this chart that don't even have a blip, which means that it was never open when their their system pinged it to try to see if there was any availability. Yeah. And even on the days where it was, which by the way, um, positive side of things, the last three days as we record on Sunday, the 26th, we're showing a ping at 1 p.m., but it was a ping at 1 p.m. So it's essentially saying it was open at 1 p.m. and it was closed before 101 p.m. Yeah. Uh, so they're talking it's, it's, seconds. It's that luck of the draw. Yeah. Seconds which, for getting you know, boarding groups and minutes for paying $20 per person. Right. Oh no no! There's there's lots of time for God, twenty dollars a person. Twenty yeah to to ride an attraction one time. Now that's something that has been very interesting to me because if if we look at the data from about the twenty third forward, they have had Lightning Lane availability up until right around nine a.m., which is. Oh. Very surprising. Hours. Yeah, exactly. That is that is two hours of Lightning Lane availability. And it's... So that's interesting to me because I'm also looking at it going, if I was going to pay 
the ludicrous amount of money that it is for Lightning Lane. I feel like I would want a after dark run of Tron, right? I want to yeah. ride it where I can see the uh, the canopy all lit up and everything. And so, if that's the case, you would almost you would want to wait to buy your Lightning Lane. Because if you buy it for, you know, if you get up at 7 a.m. and buy your lightning lane, your lightning lane is going to be for, you know, 9, 10 a.m. in the morning. No, well, Cosmic Crew and let me pick. Oh, it does? It presented me with a list of times that were available. And okay. I picked my time. So perhaps you can do that. But again, everyone is going to want to ride Tron at night. So. Yeah. So maybe, so maybe that kind of affects what. Because when you look at uh, Thrill Data, they show you what the current return time is, but they may just be grabbing the earliest return time yeah. that they could see, uh, which could be affecting things somewhat. But yeah, again, the, the, I would, go ahead. I would want to see this in the dark. Yeah, the second, I think the second screen, like the first screen, you say who you're buying for, and then the second screen is what time do you want to come back? And there's a you know disclosure list of. Here's when you can choose to come back. So it, it should let you pick. But again, the the nighttime times probably go away pretty quick. Yeah. And as you pointed out, there's a nice flat bar graph when it comes to price for Lightning Lane. It's $20. It was $20 yesterday. It'll probably be $20 yeah. tomorrow. I think I think that $20, if I they think can... that $20 is going to be the, the, the price yeah. for quite a while. Cosmic now, one was question 14. that I have, the one question that I have, Jeremy, is it going to be $20 July 4th? No. Cause I, yeah, I mean, that's like part of me is saying, well, it is spring break right now, but I don't think it's going to drop between now and July 4th. No. Because I think it'll continue to sell at $20. And at July 4th, I mean, the parks being what they are in July I kind of feel like it's going to, they're going to, now it might be 23 or 22, but I think they're going to eke a couple extra dollars out of that. I think so too. At that point. I think I totally agree. And somehow they'll still have, uh, you know, they'll, they'll still sell out of it. I, I will almost bet you. Yep. Oh yeah. There, I don't think there's a day. I don't think there's a day that that this ride is open and offering individual lightning lane that it doesn't sell out of ILLs. Like I think it just sells out every time. And that's, that's exactly what Disney wants to see. So again, as long as it continues to do that, they're going to be okay with it. Now at the point where the ILL starts to be available a little bit too late in the day, maybe that makes them adjust the pricing or heck, Maybe they just adjust the number of, of lightning lane yeah. reservations that are available to create kind of a, a what? A false an, an demand, artificial I guess. Yeah, artificial demand. Right. Because they don't want it to look like it is always available. Like that doesn't benefit them for it to always be available. It benefits them for it to be something that's well, you've you've gotta you gotta just get it if you're gonna get it, because if you don't Get it now. You'll never. You're not going to have time to get it or whatever. Now, Brad, does Thrill Data have a graph for cost per minute for the individual Lightning Lane? How many dollars 
you're paying per minute of attraction when you pay that $20. Mm. We we don't want to see that because <laughs> somehow somehow the graph is above $20 <laughs> per minute. Because the ride, well wait, is the no the ride's a minute and a half, right? I, well, if you ask Disney, it's 4 plus. Oh, because of the incredible load station. You, are are we going to go there? <laughs> Do you want to go there right now because we'll go there because that was the dumbest that I don't That's, know, man. That Disney's was one of those. So Disney said somebody they I, I guess just to combat some of the things that say Tron is too short, they came out and said it is an is a almost four minute experience because of the incredible load station. Now that was a time when Disney should have just not said anything and let it go. But they I didn't. Mean, Elsa Elsa told them. Okay, <laughs> she gave them she gave them the plan. She said, "What an incredible load." Right, and they chose not. Man, that was so. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm racking my brain because undoubtedly, goal. Disney has done stupid things a lot of times. As, as have we all. As has sure. every company. Disney's not alone in this. But that one felt pretty big yeah. on the list of stupid things to do. To, to talk about it and then try to justify with a. Four minutes because of the of the 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 pre-show load station, whatever. I just, I mean, that would be like. So how long is Winnie the Pooh? Because arguably the queue of Winnie the Pooh is really you know because it's it's got one of the interactive queues and everything, mm-hmm. and it's got places for the kids to play and all that sort of thing. So is Winnie the Pooh like a forty-five minute attraction? <laughs> Because Peter, we have to include the incredible queue. Peter Pan's flight is an hour plus long attraction. It's wonderful. Right. No no wait time. As soon as you hit that queue, boom, baby, you are enjoying the Peter Pan's flight experience. But yeah, so, no, I didn't I didn't mean to get into that. I just was I was remembering them saying like it's not short. It's got it's four almost four minutes, they said. Right. And then they then they showed their math and we all said that's dumb. So one thing I was looking at with Thrill Data is I pulled up the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train mm-hmm. because that is the other uh, ILL attraction at, in Magic Kingdom, and there actually have been a number of days where it has had availability for the entire day where it doesn't sell out. That's interesting, right? Where it doesn't where it doesn't sell out. So mm-hmm. I guess, but that may be a that may also be a situation where they've kind of already hit their floor. You know, they're like, we're not going under $10 for this sort of mm-hmm. a thing. And they're just like, at $10, $10 is good enough. And that's what we'll do. Though, the other thing that I will say is interesting about looking at Seven Dwarfs Mine Train is it's had days where it hasn't sold out as, at all. It's had days where it's been available until, you know, like afternoon and stuff. Like the the no sellout days are not the majority, but if you want to talk about still having availability at noon, that is the majority of days. Hmm. <coughs> but what that also shows is how crazy. But what that also shows is how crazy spring break was for for Disney because there are a couple of days there where even it was selling out by you know eight a.m. Wow earlier in the earlier you know this month and so these young whippersnappers with all this expendable income right 
Well, it's all the it's all these parents who are like, if we're going to Disney, gosh darn it, we're seeing all the things. And so if if it takes me an extra ten dollars and by the way, I know the feeling because I am looking at my next trip and saying, Well, I've you know, as as we've discussed ad nauseum, I gotta see Tron. So twenty dollars may be my yeah. uh additional entry cost to get into Tron and it irritates me to no end, but here I find myself. And through the magic of YouTube, I just did some <clears throat> calculations, and it looks like from load to unload, Tron did you, is... Did you say enhance a bunch of times? I did. You couldn't hear me. Okay, I had, good. I was good. muted. Then it's, it's, it's accurate data. Got it. Just want to be sure. Load to unload, Tron is two minutes. If you go from launch to unload, it's about a minute and a half. So it's a minute and a half attraction. And yep. and none of those numbers were four minutes. Yeah, no, I guess waiting to get to the load area is the other two minutes of incredibleness. It, it's standing in the load station and going, oh. I will say this. This YouTube video that is a Tron Light Cycle Run Magic Kingdom ride-through that includes a bunch of B-roll of the attraction running and people walking through the queue and doing the, the you know, getting transformed into the grid or whatever. Uh, this whole video is four minutes and 45 seconds long. So, all that to say, well, it's not a very long attraction. To be fair, Jeremy, that's kind of on the video editor because I can think of a couple of sites that could have, that could have milked that into a good 20 minute long video. <laughs> And then and the added breaking to the beginning. Sorry, sorry. I, I definitely didn't say that. <laughs> but yeah, it's 20, 20 bucks, man. That's a lot, especially when you have more than, you know, yourself. I mean, even two people. I am, I am two people's that, $40. Yeah, my wife has no desire to ride this attraction. My wife. So, and my, and my daughter is too short and also would have no interest in, in riding the attraction regardless. So it would just be the the one ticket, but I yeah the forty dollars, you know. But even the twenty dollars, yeah. It just I don't. It's you can use Apple Pay, Brad. Oh well, wait, wait, wait. You didn't tell me I could use Apple Pay. If it's such a simple way to pay, how could I not do it? It's I mean such a it's a weird thing. Like what is this checkout? You know, I got in there and it was like totally different than every other way of checking out at Disney. You know, when you're doing mobile ordering, when you're doing, you know, buying Memory Maker, all that stuff, it's one way. And then you do this individual lightning lane thing and it almost like kicks you out to Stripe or something, you know, in the background. Because like it comes up with this pay with Apple Pay and you can just do that and it's it's done. It's it's really, it it's, uh, it's unusual when you're used to paying for things in the uh, MDE app for it to come up and and present you with a completely different checkout process. I mean, do you want to do you want to talk about why it is that way and how Disney has a horrible situation on their hands where they've just been kind of bolting on additional functionality without I I don't know. So I've heard a little can't. bit about that that like Genie Plus is basically just built on a shopping cart system and the whole thing is kind of yeah like you said bolted onto this this shopping cart thing where every time it loads a 
a return time for Genie Plus and stuff. It's it's basically adding these times to a shopping cart, and then when you pick the time you want, that's you know when it quote checks you out and everything. I, I've heard several things about that. It, it does seem a little bit uh, pr- precarious. Well, and and I so I don't want to dunk on the developers who are involved because. Disney is a huge company. Well, yeah, and they almost and certainly have no you, power over what they're doing. Well, you've you've got hundreds of teams, and to allow every team to to work on what they need to work on, I'm it's a it's a hard problem to do that. And a good way of limiting the amount of orchestration is to do this sort of thing. But at the same time, like that's great for one-offs and that's great for temporary things but this is now the well okay so virtual queue which is actually pretty well built into the system it's like the third time it's been used lightning lane has been a thing now for over over a year Mm -hmm. and is used at every park park reservations have been in place for Oh, years. yeah, and you still can't do those in the app. It kicks yeah, you back out it, to DisneyWorld.com that is, every that time. That is exactly my point, is there is so much of this stuff that is bolted on, shoehorned in, and I do not understand why they have not come up with a more unified method for doing a lot of this stuff. And again, like I don't doubt that they, they are the developers on these projects are like, yeah, I want to... I want to make this less of a pain point. I want to reduce the friction, but somebody is making the decision that's not important enough, I guess. And I really wish they'd make the decision that was important enough because I mean, even, even if it was separate apps that just had a common language to them, yeah, I would be okay with that because I will also say that I've had the, the Disney world app be kind of flaky for me. Oh, especially recently. recently. Oh man! Yeah, in the last month or two, oh, I have Where to. You just every time it, I open it, it just, like crashes on you. It's gray, like even the colors are muted. Like it doesn't know what it's doing. And then if I kill it yeah. and reopen it, then it's colorful again. But yeah, I'll I'll go to open it, and the whole thing is like this, this muted gray. And I'm like, oh, you just got to go kill the app real quick. You remember? You remember when they had like the shopping app and the the park times app mm-hmm. and the, and they all like, they had links that would open a, one of the other apps mm-hmm. and they had a common design language to them. That, that was why, why would we want to do that? Gosh, darn it. We can do everything in one app, one app to do all the things. I don't I th- know, man. The, I think the only the philosophical, bad. the only philosophical issue with that. And we've seen this now with the, uh, the Eisner Iger, Chapek, you know, handovers is you have all of these, you get a new CEO and they want to cement their legacy right away. And so you get FastPass Plus with Iger. He wants to, he comes in and does FastPass Plus. And then Chapek comes in and he says, yeah, but Genie's the, the way, you know? And you end up with the people at the top dictating something and then saying make it happen and the the people at the bottom the the 
low totem pole people don't want to have to, you know, rewrite everything and probably don't have time or manpower to rewrite everything every time there's a new CEO. And so, yeah, you end up with like, how can we make this FastPass Plus code base work with Genie and everything that we have to do for that? And so, you know, it, quote, works because it has to, but you you when you have a lot of turnover at the sea level, um, I think it, it, it is not going to be great. We need to get a stable CEO who has a vision that lasts longer than, you know, five years or whatever <clears throat> to come in and really, you know, lay down the law and say, here's what we're going to do and we're going to do it right. Well, and honestly, what you just said, uh, number one, makes a lot of sense. And number two, kind of worries me because we know that Iger has a clock on him. Mm -hmm. And everybody who works at Disney knows that Iger has a clock on him. So do you want to spend the dev time integrating this thing? Well, not only to find out that the next person doesn't want it. I don't think Iger makes any big changes. I mean, I think every everything that Iger does in this in this everything Iger does in this two year you know uh oh period is is as minimal as possible. You know, just to to kind of what clean up the the mess, and then the next person comes in and says, "Okay, here's what we're doing," and. Yeah, that stinks, you know, that I would hope that Iger, knowing that he is not going to be the CEO for more than two years, would not come in and say, all right, rewrite all of this stuff. You know, that would be like him kicking the door in and going fast pass plus now, you know, throw away everything, all you've, all of your, all of your commits from the last five years, throw them away. We got to back up a GitHub. Let's get FastPass Plus back on here. You know, if he had done that, that would have been horrible. That would have been, you know, awful. I mean, says you. I would. I would have. Well, loved it would. Him it would be. That. I would have loved it no, too. Yes, it would have been horrible I, for the people at Disney. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's when that's when a developer has to say, uh, "Sir, I'm sorry, but it doesn't work that way." Yeah. It's just but, it's just a column in the in the database, right? Just just yeah. change it, make it work. Look, guys, this this shouldn't take more than ten minutes. Man, what is that like three lines of, of code? Times, the number of times that I've heard, I so surely this shouldn't take more than. Uh, that's that's always that's always dangerous. Whenever you hear that, whatever comes after it is not going to be. I've never written a program, but, but this shouldn't take more than one day, right? Right. Okay. But but whatever whatever is going on, I mean individual lightning lane is what it is it's functional which is good for them it's overpriced which we all know yeah and jeremy and i will probably end up having to pay for it so yay for us Woo-hoo. because waking up and syncing my watch with the nato clock and having three devices that I'm looking at so I can make sure that right at 7 o'clock and zero zero seconds, I'm trying to get the thing, is not fun. So I guess, yeah, Disney, take my $20. No, take your $40. Claire's going to want to ride too, right? Mm. We'll see. (laughs) Time time to start start really dogging on Tron in your household. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh my gosh, what a garbage thing! If I if I wasn't writing that that thing for the podcast, you wouldn't you couldn't catch me on that attraction. Well, I think that'll do it for this episode. You can follow us on Twitter at MTM Podcast. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash MTM Podcast. You can visit us on the web at missingthemouse.co. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. And until then, have a nice one.